0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again, you have inserted your video game into the console, you opened it up, you launched the game, and bink, you popped that pre-order bonus content. It's me, Cameron Warren, joined as always by Jake Price to talk about video games for at least 45 minutes, 30 minutes to an hour, maybe, you know, I I don't even know anymore at this point.
1: I mean, Elden Ring, that episode was an hour 45, so I, I guess we're capable of even lo- super long episodes. But When your
0: children don't go to sleep until, you know, 8 o'clock-ish, uh, you know, it gets challenging to do these podcasts and to go along. You get tired. You know what I'm saying? You get really tired.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this week I've been so tired. I think the semester's just been catching up to me, and I'm just crashing.
0: How many hours of sleep do you get per night? jake
1: well my mom and maren both listened to this episode so i plead the fifth but the answer is not as much (laughs) as i need
0: so you would say you are not getting the uh the recommended by you know by by scientists everywhere doctor sleep eight to nine hours of sleep a night that much we're supposed to get that much hours of sleep per night. That's, I mean, it actually, it actually depends on the individual. Like there's varying degrees, but it's, it's relatively between like seven and, and all the way up to nine. Yeah.
1: Nine hours of sleep. That's a myth, dude. I I don't think people do that. I, I think I remember a time maybe where I did that, but it seems like a dream at this point.
0: I generally try to get eight hours just because I do a lot of weight training and like, you know, cardio and just physical fitness stuff. And so, man, if you don't sleep, especially after you hit age 30, your recovery is in the absolute tank. Like you Uh cannot recover from lifting. You can't, you're not going to get stronger. If you're trying to like shed fat, like your, your body just holds onto it for dear life. Like when you're low on sleep. the other thing is your willpower is dead. So if you see a plate (laughs) of brownies when you're like low on sleep, you're like, yeah, I'm just eating one. I don't even, I can't. yeah and then every time
1: then you just start circling and you make a pass towards the kitchen you're like "Mm, i could probably do one more
0: yeah i actually kind of want some brownies right now we should stop talking about it um jake (laughs) this is a barren time for video games i feel like there's been almost nothing going on the only thing that i know that has happened is amy hennig just announced that she is leading a new star wars narrative action adventure game
1: dude good for her Man, what awesome news, and and I, what I really loved is I felt like in, you know, gaming social media, which is just a dumpster fire, there was a moment of clarity, and people were just really excited for her, and it, people set aside their console war crap, and they're like, good for you, congratulations, that's awesome, that was a highlight, I feel like, in gaming news for sure.
0: Yeah, so this is from Skydance New Media, which I don't know much about. I think this is an. I wait. Oh no, this is the uh, the film company. They must be getting the gaming because that's Skydance. Like they make movies, right?
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Yep they they're producing the new Top Gun movie. They did the Atom Project, which just came out. They did the Tomorrow War. Okay, so they do a bunch of like action game, action movie. Yeah. So yeah, so action adventure uncharted saga for those of you who don't know amy headag uh, wrote the uncharted games lead writer lead narrative yep. designer on the uncharted games uh, 1 through i think did she drop off with 3 i think was it neil so? Druckmann on 4 and then she was
1: that sounds correct to me camera's checking it right now just doing a quick fact check but either way, I mean, I think this new Star Wars IP, uh, this is in good hands. And I think the internet was able to recognize that in a rare moment of lucidity and happiness on the internet. So, very cool.
0: Yeah, that's very cool. I mean, other than that, man, I mean, there, there hasn't been any new releases that I'm aware of. Um, this is, I was telling you, I was telling you last night, Jake, this is, uh, this is one of the deepest gaming ruts that I've had a long, long time long time so if you're listening tweet at us what games should i be playing right now because i really need help i've i bounced off life is strange true colors i might go back to it maybe i've been dabbling around in the game pass kind of continued my seafood playthrough the only game that i've been playing and i've been playing a lot of it but it's just a it's not really a game as much as it is like a drug addiction it's <laughs> I
1: wasn't ready for that.
0: (laughs) It's a, it's a game called satisfactory. And and let me just compare this. This is like a lot of you out there probably haven't even played anything like satisfactory because the entire (laughs) point of this game is building automated factories. And so the entire like gameplay loop, like fulfillment loop is seeing your factories through a variety of conveyor belts and complex interlinking systems produce stuff Mm -hmm. and over the course of like 15 hours last week where i literally almost broke my body i would i was playing this game but it kind of in a way felt like work if that makes sense (laughs) it almost kind of felt like my job so i'm like by day like a data engineer type person so i do a lot of like coding with data pipelines and stuff. It almost kind of felt like work, but in like a 3d virtual environment. So that kind I don't even know how to explain it, man.
1: So <laughs> Cameron pitched this game to me. I mean, he has several times now I'm just really on PC. Anyway, he described it as like, I think a streamlined astroneer, right? Where you're really just working with systems and machines to produce stuff, to produce more stuff. Um, so, I mean, and I've I i I've been looking at it. I was like, hey, this does look pretty good. It has multiplayer. I think all that stuff is cool. Um, satisfactory. That's just not what I've been playing.
0: It's like all, one of the though. highest rated games on Steam. It's overwhelmingly positive. It's definitely like that PC crowd, that hardcore PC gamer crowd. This is right in the alley. And when you say streamlined, that's a wrong word because this game gets very, very complex.
1: Uh, maybe... Uh, w- yeah, maybe you used a different word. We remember. spent
0: an entire evening just building. Let me just give you an example. We built a electric. We we built a steam, uh, a series of steam power plants. Okay. That to function, have to take coal from nearby mines. <laughs> that has to be shuttled via conveyor belt, like across the map. Okay into uh steam workshops or like steam plants that also need water and so these steam plants have to be built on top of platforms on the water so that they can have water like pipes pumped into. okay them. <laughs> so if you can imagine i wish i could like send you a screenshot right now but this literally took us four hours to construct, and that was just to power all the other stuff that was going on at our main base. That was like a side thing. So anyway, that's that's <laughs> satisfactory.
1: Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I haven't been playing that at all. Um, <laughs> uh, I wrapped up, um, let's see, wrapped up Hitman 3 recently, and we're going to be talking about that one tonight. Um, I'm pretty steadily working my way through Life is Strange: True Colors. This is my first game ever in this series in this franchise. It's uh, it's so strange. I mean, it's a. I feel like it's a game where I actually put the controller down for more time than I'm using the controller. Um, it's. I haven't played a game like that in quite a while. Um, wrapping up Elden Ring achievements to 100%. That game, I'm very close to doing that, and then. F- Finally, I'm going to start um, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which everybody and their mom loves. I'm excited to do that. And then I I have a few games on the horizon for me. So, April 28th, very soon, Bug Snacks is coming to Game Pass, so I'm going to play it because I just have to. I have to understand, I'm so curious. And then there's <laughs> another game. It's smaller. It's coming to Steam. On April 28th, it's coming to Switch sometime soon. It's called Haiku the Robot. It's this super amazing looking Metroidvania. Um, I'm really, really looking, looking forward to it. Something while we're waiting for Silk Song, you know, that's a cool game that's coming out. And then in May, um, I just posted this in our Discord not too long ago. There are four indie titles coming that I'm really excited for um, Loot River, finally. And I. They need it. Uh, Xbox needs to do more marketing. Specifically, I'm calling Xbox out here for Loot River. It's this cool looking uh, indie game that's coming May 3rd. And then May 5th are two games coming out Trek to Yomi and Citizen Sleeper. I'm really excited for those. And then if you're a big fan of My Time at Porsche, the sequel is it a sequel? I don't know. My Time at Sandrock, the early access is coming to PC at the end of May. So that will be really cool too. So stuff is coming out. I'm excited for it, but those are all going to be smaller games. So it's interesting we are still kind of waiting for the big AAA to come hit. But in the meantime, I'm just I'm actually getting through my backlog, which is insane.
0: I mean, I feel like it's going to be a, another 6 weeks and then when we hit um then when we hit uh, um, what is it called? When we hit june June it's just coming be... you're tired man. <laughs> like what's the month after may i don't even know <laughs> uh when we hit June, it's just gonna be nonstop for like three months announcement, yeah. announcement, 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 like game, 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 game game, here's like a billion games coming out here's like hype factor, level twelve, yeah, yeah. this summer, I think is gonna be insane. I think it's gonna be ludicrous how much stuff is gonna n- get announced. Uh, I just feel like it's it's been that weird sort of like people are figuring out COVID. Tons of stuff got delayed. Tons of stuff like got delayed that we didn't even know was maybe coming because people got yeah. smart and just like stopped saying things. And so now we're gonna hit this place where people have sort of figured out how to work remotely. Like these game design firms, uh, they've they've kind of figured that out. Like sort of maybe hopefully coming out of COVID. And so I think this summer it's going to be like boom. Here's, here's a hundred things. I mean, listen, I I I know, I know we're getting the Jedi Fallen Order two announcement next month, so that's basically what I'm waiting for.
1: The game to kick off this, you know, domino effect that you're talking about is this is another random prediction. Make this my you know eleventh prediction for the year, whatever. It's going to be a Plague Tale Requiem. Like there's some rumors buzzing. There was some buzz. That it was going to get a release date for May. I don't know if it'll be May, but I would be shocked if it came out later than July. I think it's coming soon.
0: You know, it's another game that has been lost in the conversation that I don't want people to forget about is Marvel Midnight Suns. That's right. That was supposed supposed to come come out last month. Yeah, okay. And then early in the year, they delayed it. And so I don't know if it's I mean I'm assuming that means they delayed it to fall but maybe it's supposed to 23 I hope not I don't know man Anyway I'm excited for that one but Playtale Requiem man I'm excited for that Yeah that's Anyway lots to think about but in the meantime Jake let's talk about what we're talking about today which is Hitman 3
1: Hitman 3 Um let's yeah we're going to talk about this we're going to do this in four categories the first one is narrative We're going to be talking about the story that's here. Now, uh, I myself am new to the Hitman franchise, and so there is a story here. I imagine there's a lot more backstory, but to be totally honest with you, I mean, we'll just talk about all this here. Hitman 3 feels like its own story. We'll be talking about the main points, the things that make it interesting, uh, why you're going to care about Agent 47 or not. The second category is mechanics. Um, I mean this the, the title is very clear you are a hitman so a lot of the mechanics are going to revolve around this and we will be discussing how that keeps you engaged how uh, this how this game kind of makes you think and how it approaches puzzle and level design in particular I think will be something that we'll cover but essentially how you execute all the actions execute being a play on words because you're killing people okay moving on category three uh, gameplay loop so what are the patterns in place that are going to keep you coming back to Hitman 3? Why is it so engrossing? Why is it so much fun? Um, uh, and yeah, it just just the the loop there that is keeping you interested and keeping you engaged. And then finally, impact on the industry. Here, Cameron and I get a little more speculative. We're talking about what we think people are taking away from Hitman 3. Here, we kind of speculate what we think other studios or devs might be thinking Um, But with Hitman 3 as well, we, we might be thinking about like what people might be expecting from this type of genre as well in the future. And so starting with narrative and I couldn't I don't know if I could tell you like a really great synopsis of the story. It felt like in some ways the story is very generic spy espionage. It feels very much at home with classic espionage films Um, but it's interesting in that because you're playing as the hitman right and the big difference i would say with hitman 3 as a video game versus like a james bond film is that in a james bond film you as an audience member are given a lot more information than james bond ever gets you are very much more aware of the whole picture of everything that's going on. Whereas I really appreciated the perspective that, okay, you are the hitman, you are Agent 47. And so you kind of only have the information that you are being told unless you find more information in each level and in each mission, where you can learn a lot more about what's happening in each scenario. And so while I don't think the overarching story is super fascinating, and that story is basically you. Uh, are part of a collective and you are working with diana burnwood and she wants you to take out this guy called the constant and you're slowly dismantling his organization like that to me is like okay yeah whatever buzzword buzzword generic story but that perspective of being agent 47 being fed a lot of information and then having to decide what you're going to do with that information and how you're going to fulfill your mission orders to me that was cool storytelling even if i didn't love the story
0: yeah, it's very, like, generic spy story. But there's some cool moments in there. I mean, you've got 47, which is obviously the name of Hitman. Um, Agent 47 is his name. Like Jake said, he works with Diana Burnwood, who's part of the International – Uh, crap, I just forgot the name. Hitman, ICA International Contract Agency. And so it's this agency that essentially does like non, like what's the word for when it's non-governmental, like it's not affiliated with any country. It's uh, what's the word for that? Blanking? <laughs> Mercenary? Um, uh, not affiliate. This is gonna bug me. Sorry. It's. I can't remember it. Basically, it's it's essentially like assassinations for hire. For like, So it's not associated with any country. It's not like spies. It's just we, we kill people for money, basically. But what you discover is that there's sort of this underarched, like Jake mentioned, that you're trying uh, like the targets that you're attacking in each of the levels. And this is how the game is structured. The game is structured around a target in each level or two targets. Uh, are revealed to be part of this shadow group called Providence, which is one of these like you know conspiracy theory organizations that basically runs the world, right? Like evil. Um. So yeah, it's got that. Th- there's some cool kind of twists and turns. There is this through line of a story about the origins of Agent Forty Seven, which I won't yes. spoil. Uh, um. I mean, it's not that big of a spoiler, but I'll just I'll save it because I know this game's on Game Pass and people might be thinking about giving it a shot. Uh, so anyway, there's some cool through lines. There's some twists and turns. There's some double and triple crosses. There's some quadruple crosses. uh, In some <laughs> cases, it gets <laughs> it gets hairy. <laughs> and it's funny that you mentioned Bond because IO Interactive, who makes this game, is working on a James Bond game. That's their next big project. They'll crush it. I mean, I think they'll do. They'll such crush a good it. Job. Yeah, yeah. And it's gonna be interesting to see how they adapt. Like you know, forty. 40 Agent 47 like the hitman is all about this sort of silent killer drone robotic type you yeah. know switching that over to sort of this Devonair story driven yeah. more like narrative type more maybe more actiony leaning but i mean they have all the pieces there obviously like these games are beautiful the level design yeah. is top notch like some of the best level design in in gaming the areas are all incredibly cool um yeah, it's, it's essentially, it's a, it's a stealth sandbox, you know, it's multiple stealth sandboxes that you can just go play around with in and, and do whatever your heart's content. And there happens to be a story that goes along with that. Um, and what's interesting about the story, I think just that's worth mentioning is even though sort of that overarching storyline is a little bit one note, um, the individual levels have multiple ways that you can go about like completing the objectives, Yes, which doesn't necessarily change anything moving forward. Uh, however, you know, it does, there are things that happen in the levels, like many stories within those levels that occur. And those can change based on how you approach the level, you know, the people that you interact with, the people that you listen in on the different costumes that you wear. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so there's just a ton of replayability here uh not just in the action and the mechanics and the gameplay loop but in also in in some of the narrative elements.
1: Yeah, Cameron I think nailed it here. I mean, it's really fascinating because we're talking about, you know, the narrative across the entire campaign across Hitman 3, but when you look at each individual level and you look at what's happening in there with all the different characters, there is so much attention to detail in this game. It is just striking. I mean, the different conversations you can listen in on, like Cameron was saying, like in each level, you can essentially follow several different story threads to get to the different targets that you're supposed to assassinate. And each one of those comes with a different story that reveal different information about different characters. I would say the highlight one for me was the Mendoza Argentina mission. I ended up following one of the story uh, missions and using that, which is kind of like a Uh, it's it's not so much like you're stuck in a track necessarily of how you have to play that mission but is a lot more closed right if you want to fill if you want to follow one of the story missions and so doing that was a ton of fun uh i and i think that's where the writing really shines it really gets an opera there's really an opportunity for the game to really stand out in those in that level of detail. The other one I want to mention out is just the Dartmoor one, which is the second one. People have been calling it like the knives so, out. Mission. So
0: great. So good.
1: That one is so great. And there's some really cool writing, some really strong characters and who they are individually. So I would say like narrative and writing in this game, like in the smaller moments in the nitty gritty in the details or whatever, amazing, amazing job. And this is part of the reason why I think, when you know as they're working on this James Bond game that they'll just nail it because they've got all the talent there they just are going to have a new IP to work with and just flex that talent in new ways
0: yeah I would say it's a fun story and I think Jake you miss some some things by you no know, and just just to be clear on on things like you miss some parts by not playing the first game not too much honestly because they really close the loop in the, in the third game and they also do a lot of sort of more fun things with the narrative in the third game. They start to get a little bit more narrative heavy, and especially in the last level of Hitman 3. And I've played through all of them, just to be clear. In the last level of Hitman 3, they just go full on like James Bond action game. And it's actually great. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: I, I yeah, I'm, the last level was amazing. We're we're kind of moving away from narrative now. But it's interesting because the last level without revealing too much is very linear seeming compared to all the other levels. But what I was quickly discovering is that it was the entire level was essentially a boss fight and the sense of, because this is a stealth sandbox, it was like, okay, what have you learned from these levels and what are you going to do in this very particular scenario to get to your target and assassinate them? And so I really thought that the final level was absolutely like the crowning moment um, in terms of, what hitman three had taught you as a player. And then as a player, like I felt so much smarter coming into the final level, even though there's some crazy difficult sections. Um, but yeah, it was such, it was such a triumphant moment, which I thought was really cool for sure.
0: Yeah. It's, it's super fun and it closes the story and it actually gives you an option of how you want the story to end, which is also kind of interesting. I did Um, go
1: back and get a few different endings to be honest.
0: Let's talk about mechanics. This is a, um, man, the more I talk about this, the more I'm reminded of just how good of a game this is. This is a really just tightly designed experience. Um, and it's, it's just so well executed. So mechanics, there's actually a lot of mechanics, but the basics are you can walk and you can run. (laughs) And that sounds like I don't need to say it, but it's very specific.
1: It is so crucial. I have a few moments on that, but get get through your list here. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, so you can walk and you can run. You can uh you can you can switch through the different gadgets and weapons that you have, which are a lot. I mean, there is an <laughs> endless literally endless number of gadgets, weapons, uh trinkets like you can pick up objects in the world. You can use banana peels to trip people. You can throw pop cans to knock people out you can and then there's you know the stealth the stealth mechanics obviously huge part of the game um so basically the way it works is if you're if you're in a secure area then you will know because people will have uh white dots over their heads which means that they're aware and if they see you then they are gonna raise the alarm. They're gonna go get their buddies and come fight you, or come shoot you, or be like, "Hey, what are you doing here?" And so they'll typically run up to you, point their gun, and say, "Hey, put your hands up, stop." And you actually, when you do that, you'll raise your hands in the air, and you have the option to like punch them in the face and run away. Yeah. And so there's a couple things there, or or a big part of this game is wearing different costumes or different outfits. Yeah. When do you knock people out you can change into them and then that will modify who is going to be alerted and who's not. Yes. So there, so in most cases, what that will do is significantly reduce the number of people that are going to be alerted. And so a lot of the game is really strategizing and solving the puzzle of, okay, what's the best, fastest, like easiest way or most creative way, which we'll talk about more in a minute of getting to my assassination target, either through stealth or wearing different costumes or taking out people along the way and yeah. hiding their bodies. And so it's all these things that just compound together. And it's, I mean, it's really probably the preeminent stealth experience like in gaming, I think.
1: Yeah. I think what's really remarkable about Hitman three with the different mechanics. And I think Cameron has pointed out the, the key ones and that one being who is going to be alerted to your presence. It's described in game essentially as these are people who would recognize you. Right? Or recognize that, hey, you aren't this type of person, right? You shouldn't be a waiter. I've never seen you on the wait staff before. You shouldn't be a security guard. I've never seen you before. So there's a really cool moment there where there's agreement, right, between the actual game mechanic and the game narrative. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's probably the most important mechanic I found in terms of what I was m- m- trying to manipulate most or be most aware of. But the wonderful thing about this being like a stealth sandbox is that you can be as neat and as tidy as you want, or you can be as messy as you want. And they're both viable options. It's very possible. I mean, the messier you get, obviously, the more difficult. I think you make things for yourself. But I found myself like in moments like, hey, I have to be messy right here, but I could hide it and then I can move on, right? And so I thought that was the cool part of the mechanics is that you have this massive tool belt of how you want to approach the game. And probably my favorite thing and the most useful aside from safe scumming in this game was just like using your instinct. And you could see what types of interactable objects would be in a room. And so for example, if I stumbled across a scenario, I'm like, okay, I've changed disguises. It looks like in this area on this floor, there are eight people who won't recognize me, but two who will, and they're patrolling. And then you, you, I might just sit in a room or in a closet or whatever, and watch their patterns for a little bit. And I'm like, Hey, this person's isolated in this moment. That's when I can strike. And then when I follow them and I'm like, okay, this is the moment that they're isolated. I need to do it in this way. Or I could do it in this way, depending on the result that I want. Do I want that person's disguise? Or do I just want to get rid of that body as fast as possible? Or is this like a, hey, if I could take this person out, I can get this thing done real fast and I'm not even going to bother hiding the body. And so the mechanics allow for a lot of different play styles. And I think the strength in Hitman 3 is that it feeds you quite a lot of information in terms of like what's just happening in your surroundings, but that does not lessen the difficulty of the game necessarily. It's simply, it's just giving you all the puzzle pieces and you have to think, okay, this is how I'm going to construct this puzzle. And so I thought mechanically game was super sound and it just allowed for a ton of creativity and it allowed for you to really think, okay, how, I'm gonna, how am I going to approach this scenario right here?
0: Yeah, and it's interesting because the way they handle the game, the way they kind of – they force you – force is the wrong word, but they make combat super, super tough. <laughs> like it's it's hard. It It's legitimately hard. Like it's not – you can definitely run and gun your way through, but you will quickly become overwhelmed. Um, yeah. And you will die. Like so you have – like so it's very possible if you wanted to go through a level like James Bondit and like – throw grenades and fire machine guns. It's actually kind of nuts how many options they give you in terms of firepower, which I rarely ever used. like shotguns and machine guns and, you know, rocket launchers and grenade launchers and all sorts of crazy stuff that you will probably rarely touch, but they give them to you. So they're like, yeah, sure, whatever, go for it. Like you want to run through with a shotgun, like be my guest, but you're going to get like a million guards like running over you yeah i mean Um, it's
1: cool though because with all the different weapons i found that if uh, like for example specific security guards would be carrying a specific type of weapon and something that i noticed really quickly is that if you put on their disguise but you don't pick up their weapon and you don't sling it on your back to fit in it can cause some serious problems because if somebody oh yeah Yeah, if somebody stumbles across that gun they're gonna be like oh wait why is this gun here in the middle of the floor? Right. And so it was interesting because I mean, you're right, Cameron, like I rare, I like use the silencer to knock out cameras. And that was like about it. Like I rarely used guns, but I thought it was interesting that like guns served a different mechanical purpose in that it like enhanced the stealth aspect of the game where it's like, if I wanted to blend in, I got to make sure I've got the right gun in my hand or I got to make sure it's not in my hand. I got to make sure it's on my back. And so that to me was like, a really creative way of adding guns to a game that's about killing people, but using guns is the worst way to kill people. Like a super weird way to include gunplay in a video game.
0: Yeah. And they, you can also not kill people. You can just knock them out. Um, and then people will find their body and they'll wake up. Um, you can spill water. And you can like turn on electricity to electrocute people in certain situations. Uh, I think you I'm pretty sure you can do uh, there. There'll be a lot of like interactable things on the map that, that there's one where you can like poison somebody. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of poisoning of food, like to assassinate people, a ton of options for poisoning people with food. I poisoned uh,
1: so many people because <laughs> in just, sorry, I'm interrupting really quickly. The, the thing about the poison is that there are like three classifications of like poison like things in the game one is a sedative like just to put people to sleep one was a non-lethal poison that would cause people to seek a toilet and vomit and then the last one was lethal poisoning and so i actually really enjoyed this mechanic i um i sent a lot of people vomiting to the toilets so i could drown them like that was kind of how i played this game (laughs)
0: Yeah, the other part, big part of it is using distractions. So like, going in a bathroom, turning on a sink and leaving it on and letting it overflow. That will get a guard to come into the bathroom by himself. That distracts him. You could take him out, take his costume, take his guard uniform, and then go out and you're, you know, you can just easily integrate into the environment. Um, so, I mean, there's just endless mechanics here. One of the things that I started doing is going on YouTube and just watching some crazy speedrun slash, you know, just crazy Hitman stuff on YouTube. And it's the, the extent that people take this stuff is, is oh, crazy. Yeah. And it actually gave me fun ideas of how I could like, of how I could play the game on my own, which I actually recommend doing. If you're going to play this game, go check out some of those YouTube videos. Cause that will give you some clues to, Oh, I actually didn't know I could do that. There were certain things I didn't understand that I could actually do that made the game better. Mm-hmm. Um, So yeah, I will say in terms of controls, it will feel a bit abrasive at first. It's going to feel a little like it's clunky almost because it feels different than most third person action. Like it's going to feel that way, but I think it's done in this case in a very intentional way, uh, that you understand as you play the game more. So don't let that put you off in the beginning. I think you have to get used to that and recognize that that's part of mechanically how it's operating
1: yeah just don't really don't skip the tutorial here there's an option to like do a prologue mission and then do like a more difficult version of the prologue and i think it's skippable don't i, I do all of it i i think that helped me get used to the controls um i didn't think i mean i'm with you cameron the controls were weird but i i mean in cameron's you're getting at this too there's a logic to them though and so i didn't ever feel like that they were bad but they definitely took some adjustment um, and the, the last thing I want to say, cause Cameron mentioned walking and running, this is one of the few games where I actually really appreciated a walking pace, like just the default walking. I found myself like not running very often. Um, and, and it's not even that like running would necessarily cause alarm, you could bump into people and they might get suspicious, but I actually felt like this is one of the games where like walking was like the desired pace to get through the game. It didn't feel slow or cumbersome. It was the right way to get from point A to point B to execute whatever the task was.
0: Let's talk about the gameplay loop because I think this probably of any game that we've talked about on this podcast probably has, this is the game where gameplay loop really is, this is the probably one of the best, if not the best, gameplay loop designs I think of any game and the reason for that is this game is designed that each level is 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 created to be played multiple times uh dozens of times even it's meant for a memorization to the point that you understand everything that's going on in the level so well that you can create any scenario you want uh so every you know pattern in the game that happens every Route every job, everything that people do that's all like static, that all stays the same. Yeah. So, when you go into each level, you can really time things down to a T so you can do crazy stuff. I actually watched this YouTube video just to give you an example. Remember the Berlin level where you have to kill, yeah, the guard? It's one of the best levels. It's like it's an awesome level where, um, you go in and you're getting hunted, and then you have to find out who's hunting you and kill them. Uh, you're in a Ber- you're in a German nightclub yeah. like in a Berlin nightclub it's a super cool level well some dude on youtube he figured out how to kill all of them within like the same 60 second time frame he was able to manipulate like the pieces of the level in order to line up all the deaths in one city. that's insane and the way he does it is just crazy so it just just an example of how far this gameplay loop goes, but it's all about replayability. Like Jake said, there's, there's the story missions in each level, but then, but that doesn't stop. I mean, all you you have to do is, is complete the assassination. So you don't have to do the story mission at all. And there's multiple story missions within each mission. There's multiple story ways to take out your target. But then there's also, in addition to that, countless challenges that are attached to each level that, are all different, and there's a ton of variety here. Um, and then there's added to that, which, which again, this is why this gameplay loop is so good. There's a scoring and ranking system for yep. every level, so you can get better rankings, you can, you know, get more points, and level up like your, you know, your Hitman account yeah. essentially, like your IO account, get higher rankings on each level, complete more challenges. You have a list of literally probably 50 challenges for each level. And almost all of them like require to go, require you to go back through the level and do things differently. Like something I started doing was figuring out all the levels that had snipe both targets in one shot. And so I would go through each level and one of my goals was just going back through and figuring out, okay, how do I line up like a two, like to kill two people at once with the sniper. And so I figured out how to do it in some of the levels and it was like super fun and super satisfying. So anyway, an amazing gameplay loop.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the ultimate sandbox for sure. Like Cameron said, uh, the in-game achievements are plenty. There are so many. Um, Also, just the gamer score or like PlayStation trophy achievements, there are so many. You can go back through and play these levels a thousand different ways. Um, and it's a ton of fun. I mean, what I would like to do is just go back through. And for all the missions where I didn't choose a story mission, it's just to follow that story mission. Right. Um, and there are some things, for example, like one of the achievements in all of the levels is like, did you visit every single area within like one of the levels and that one, oh man, like just playing through the game naturally. I think I got to like 75% in each of the levels, but a part of me is like, where, where is the other like 25% of the rooms that I missed, you know? Um, so there's just so much to go back and do so many different ways to carry out each attempt, assassination attempt. Um, a part of me was like, man, if the game has loaded me up on blueberry muffins. Uh, I'm just going to use these just because this is like the, the item that I have. And there are tons of different items. Like Cameron said, like your tool belt is, it's just absolutely massive. You can use so many different items um, to carry out all the different tasks. There's just, it's just so easy to go back. There's plenty of incentive. And I do kind of like the asynchronous, like rankings and systems that are in place. Like if you are really competitive, Hitman 3 could also be a really great game for you because you could compete with like different scores and rankings and how fast you completed each level and all that stuff. You can look at like global leaderboards and you can just kind of see where you place and rank amongst everybody else um i would say that missions it's interesting i probably averaged 45 minutes to an hour on each mission for just one playthrough but uh actually earlier today i was looking at a hitman 3 speed run and some some of these people are beating missions in like a minute and a half which is just absolutely remarkable. So you can really hone your craft if you want to. That's what the point that I'm getting at here. And the game really pushes you to do that. It pushes you to like, hey, you know, like I, for example, like I was just joking about it. I made a ton of people go and vomit throughout my playthrough. That's how I enjoyed the game. It was a really easy way to isolate people and to, you know, assassinate targets. So it was a really fun and satisfying way for me to play. Some people like something a little more flashy or whatever it is. And it's funny because at one point for me, the gameplay is feels so much like doing a very creative intellectual puzzle that at one point I think I forgot that I was actually playing as a hitman and killing people, right? Because the game is so puzzle based and like how you're going to deal with lots of different information and different moving parts and what's the right timing to accomplish this and that that it really stimulates in your brain, I think, in a very much in a puzzle way. So tons of fun, tons of reason to go back and play it again. Right now, the whole Hitman trilogy has been updated, right? And so like I was telling Cameron before we started this episode, I'm super curious. I want to go back and I want to play Hitman 2 because it also is going to look phenomenal. They upgraded pretty much everything to to look and feel like Hitman 3. Um, So there's just more and more to keep going on and keep playing as well.
0: Let's talk about, um, impact on the industry. So Hitman, man, this, um, like Jake said, there's the Hitman trilogy just came out. It's on game pass. It includes all three games. And what they've done throughout the creation of these games is they've taken each one and given it a facelift with each concurrent game. And so now all the Hitman one levels have the same graphical prowess as the stuff in Hitman three. I mean, they're slightly there's still a little better in hitman 3 because they do some things with lighting and some different stuff with the design but um but i mean buying this game you're getting massive value i mean there's there's you're getting three games with i think five to six levels each game and there's some additional dlc levels that you can download and then on top of that jake we haven't even talked about uh the, the contracts yeah which is a whole different segment of the game they will take individual levels and they provide seasonal. I mean, so this, this is a live service game in many respects. They will have, they have seasonal content that includes seasonal contracts where they'll take individual levels and tweak them slightly and add like an additional challenge or a different target. They'll change like the out, they'll change the, um, like the patterning of the, of the AI. They'll change like different things in the level. And then they also have user created, um, uh contracts that you can go do where they have just crazy challenges where snipe you know somebody from the thousand plus yards wearing a chef suit <laughs> in uh you know in, in level X and so they'll have all these like crazy like community driven challenges. Anyway, there's just a ton of stuff, a ton of content. Um and what's interesting is they started off when they did Hitman one, they did a seasonal model. So what they would do is they'd release a new level Almost like a live service. And they changed that with Hitman 2, where they just dropped the whole thing and then they had some expansion. They had some like seasonal mm-hmm. drops of new levels and then it had some DLC. Um, but this is, uh, I think, I mean, in terms of impact on the industry in particular, I mean, we're getting a James Bond game from these guys. So it's going to be interesting to see how that gets designed. But I think that Hitman does something unique in the space that's interesting where they have sort of this combination of limited size sandboxes yeah, that you have sort of unlimited freedom in within this stealth game experience. But then they, you know, they make these distinct, it's not open world per se, but it's almost like that concept that we've talked about before, Jake, where, you know, the future of gaming is not going to be having the biggest map possible. It's going to be having, a small map that goes super deep yeah, and it's almost getting really close to that idea because every level is so intricate and there's so much going on. Now it doesn't evoke exactly what we mean when we're talking about that in terms of like an open world story driven type thing, but it gets really close and then it just has all these unique elements that I really am not able to find in other games. Um, So yeah, I mean, I, I hope people look at this and use this as a, as an example of it's really a triple a experience with some, with some very creative, interesting elements, like the way they've done the level design, you know, the way they put everything together, just really smart, interesting complex, like just really goes away from sort of that standard triple a third person action or, you know, first person shooter, um, Anyway, you love to see it. And this is a franchise that's been doing this for a while and they've been super successful. I compare it maybe a little bit to Deathloop in that area, but I think this is even more successful than, than Deathloop was. So,
1: Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I think the level design here is absolutely phenomenal. It's interesting because, uh, like Cameron says, you're just thrown into a sandbox. And I kind of likened it as I was thinking about it. as like, you're thrown into... You're just thrown into a circle, right? I mean, there are obvious limits to each level but um there's no i mean the, the the levels are so compelling in and of themselves as puzzles as labyrinths that there's no desire for it to be any bigger because you just want to i mean the game i feel like like Cameron said there's a lot of depth like and some of that is quite literal like you could go down a bunch of floors or you can go down or you can go up in a lot of different ways but it's very horizontal in the sense that you can just like within the space is given to you, every single, or better to say, um, there's no space wasted. Everything is useful. Everything is important in one way or another. And so there's just so much going on. It's just so dense. Each of these levels is so dense. Um, I'm going to make a weird comparison here. So everybody just, you know, buckle up. Actually, I think in this way, uh, IO Interactive, what they've got is they've got level design that reminds me a lot of From Software in the sense of like the levels are very dense, there are shortcuts that you can unlock, and the way that you approach a lot of these levels will fundamentally sort of change how you're going to interact with that particular mission. And so I think the design here is just super top-notch, and it's constantly engaging the player. And that's one of the things I really loved about Hitman 3 is that each level feels very much like a compound in some ways, where it doesn't necessarily feel like a line it's not linear by any means but it's not an open world it's not like a hub necessarily like in pokemon legends arceus or in monster hunter world it's it's a compound in that you can interact and you can penetrate and you can exit through different ways and that i think makes it very exciting like i felt like my my brain was constantly being stimulated in the sense of like i was constantly thinking about Um, You know entrances and exits and places where I could be and places where I shouldn't be and places where I needed to be and how to get there. And so I honestly think the level design is just top-notch in a way that it really got the player engaged with the mechanics. And so that would be the other thing that I think um, a lot of people will be taking from this game is how fun it is to have level design that very much depend on the mechanics and vice versa. Um, It's just
0: it's interesting because I think a lot of people missed out on Hitman 3 because it came out last January, uh, January, January 2021. But then a lot of people saw Death, uh, Deathloop and caught on to that, where I actually think Hitman 3 is the superior experience. Deathloop offers a super unique experience, and it's it's a great game. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. like I I think it's fantastic. I think it's very... Um, it's very well done, but I do think hitman three provides a, just a bit of a more robust experience and doesn't, um, doesn't force you to follow its structure. I think as much as death loop does, like death loop really forces you into, because you know, the whole point of the game is to line up a series of events to eventually get to the final, you know, outcome without spoiling, you know, the game, Hitman three is just a little, a lot more free for from that. It gives you a bit more creativity in that realm. So, um, anyway, if you haven't played this, it's on game pass and all three games are on game pass and it's essentially unlimited replayability. playability. So if you like it, there's so much game to chew on.
1: Yeah, this is interesting. Um, you know, we have been talking up game pass for a long time now, but this is one game that I was waffling about for a really long time. It came to Game Pass, and I finally, there's an opportunity to get to my backlog, and I played it, and I loved it, and it was a rare moment for me because it was like, I should have just bought this game. I should have just bought it when it came out because I would have enjoyed it equally then, Um, and uh, it's kind of, I don't necessarily, I mean, sure, I feel a little bit of regret, but I'm just glad I eventually came around to play it, but it would have been fun to play it when everybody, you know, when the internet is also buzzing with Hitman 3 fever so, um, I don't know, just two cents to kind of throw in there. But, yeah, it's on Game Pass now. A wonderful game. And the fact that the whole trilogy is on there makes it very easy for me, players like me, to go in and play more like this. And it's very easily, I I think a lot of people will be like me, who when they heard that IO Interactive was making this James Bond game, they're like, okay, that's cool. That makes sense. But now I'm like way excited. I'm like Team IO Interactive. Like this studio is awesome. They made a game I really enjoyed. I cannot wait um, for the game that they're going to come out with next because they are like literally the dream studio to make a James Bond game.
0: Absolutely. Well, Jake, this has been another episode of the pre bonus talking Hitman 3.0. If you haven't played this, go check it out. Let us know your thoughts on the Twitters at preordercast, or you can tweet directly at us, me at mass generic, Jake, Jacob underscore chipdip18. Uh, you can find us on Discord, link in the description. Go join our Discord. We are talking every day about video games, food, music, movies, you name it. It's a super fun group to come in and just chat about whatever you want with a video game, heavy leaning. Uh, you can also join us on Patreon. If you like this stuff, if you like what we do on our podcast, please check us out on patreon.com slash pre-order cast. You can sign up at the $1 tip jar level. If you just want to give us, Hey, uh, here's a buck for what you do. Uh, or you can spend five bucks a month for just a little bit more and you can get a whole bunch of extra content We've got indie impressions from Jake, who plays literally 100 indie games a year. (laughs) Uh, You've got uh, extended editions of our episodes and more coming down the pipe very soon. We are constantly thinking of new ways we can provide value for that Patreon. So stay tuned for that. We appreciate all of you for listening and have a great night.